You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. Hey, everybody, check out the Break the Bell podcast, where we believe your voice is your most powerful weapon. For a weekly dose of our take on what's going on in the world mixed with a side of history, find us wherever podcasts are found or on social media handle at Break the Bell Pod. And most importantly, never stop talking. Prepare yourself. You're on the run with Remzo W. Martinez. Folks, welcome back to On the Run. It's a it's a pleasure to have you back. And I have to say, uh, it's been going on seven months now, twice a week. And this is something that I didn't think I would do after I left podcasting several years ago. But to be back with you, it's been quite a journey. And I have to say, it's it's quite hilarious because when I was first pitching the show to the network, it was supposed to be a travel show. And, uh, you know, right when it launched in March, all travel basically ended. So instead of traveling the country and traveling the world, I thought, you know, what if we go ahead and travel throughout life? And it's been such an amazing journey thus far. This is our first Thanksgiving Day episode. And, uh, you know, it's it's one of those things that I often think gets swept under the rug. I hate it because right after Thanksgiving, they start getting ready for Christmas. And I absolutely love Christmas. But, you know, Thanksgiving is seems to be one of those holidays that we just keep pushing further and further back in terms of its importance. And it's, you know, it's it's standing in American culture because it's truly one of the most genuine American of holidays that we can have. And. Uh, I think this year it, it means a little bit more to me because so much has changed. Uh, many of you send letters and messages to the show telling me about, you know, you listening to it with your family or you listening to it when you're driving to work or many of those other things. And it means so much to me because here I am, I'm talking into a microphone with my friends and, uh, you know, I have a job, I have a home, I have my family. Uh, my challenges came, but overall, I, I feel like I've been extremely blessed. And often we can learn so much, not just from our own experiences, but from each other. And if there's one man who has probably seen and been at least a witness to some of the most important of American events, it's my good friend, author, economist, actor, America's humble servant, Mr. Ben Stein and Judah Friedman. Ben, it's such a pleasure to have you here. It is an honor to be here. Somebody is at my front door. I'm going to turn off my phone <laughs> alarm ringing device and make sure that that does not happen again. Now, here comes my incredibly helpful Glenn, a wonderful human being who's bringing me some food because I've been starving all day, looking, driving around, getting uh, various forms filled out. Anyway, God bless you, sir. It's always a pleasure to work with you. Every time we do our show, you are the light of the life, light of the light of the show, and we love having you on very, very, very much. And I guess it's really your show, at least as much as mine. So uh, I feel honored that you have me on your show. Oh, I mean, the the honor's all mine, and I, I have to thank Judah for taking the time to set this up. Uh, getting to be part of you know the the awesome world according to Ben Stein has been such an experience. Well, and, God bless you, sir. God bless yeah. you. Sir. With, uh, I, I am curious, as you joined social media recently, we met very parlor. Um, you know, what, what kind of prompted you to get back into the, the public eye in that way? And what, you know, ultimately convinced you to want to do the show again? Well, I have a very close friend named Judah Meyer Friedman, and he is really the closest thing I have in uh, this town besides my wife to family. He is like a son to my wife and me or like a very much younger brother, but I would say more like a son. And uh, he told, just told me it was a good thing for me to do. I generally take his word at almost anything he suggests. So I took his word on this and I have enjoyed it very, very much. At the same time that that was happening, roughly the same time, not, not by any means exactly the same time, a very, very close friend of mine, a very, very beautiful girl, extremely beautiful girl, uh, named, uh, well, I won't say her name, let's just say uh, a, a Korean, a girl of Korean heritage, very, very, very smart, very beautiful girl, uh, was starting up a uh, site for me uh, on uh, Twitter, which is a name I really barely know. I know it's a huge thing, but 
I had very little to do with it. And uh, she's, uh, so she wanted me to do one for her, and I did, and that's become quite a successful enterprise. And although nowhere near as successful as one Judah handles, but uh, so anyway, I started doing it. Uh, Judah handles, I assume, all my fan uh, mail, if I get any, uh, and my wonderful friend, the beautiful, beautiful, beautiful Korean girl, handles the uh handles the mail that comes in uh regarding my shoulder so there's no there's no downside aside from the fact that it takes up quite a lot of time but i like that i mean i i like talking and i like communicating my whole life is about talking and communicating so i love doing it i consider it a great privilege to do it and i'm sure i consider it a great privilege to be on your show today if i may say so Thank you, sir. Now, now, Judah, you, you've been quiet. I have a question. The, the story as to how you met Ben is often pretty funny. He, he bailed you out of jail, if I'm correct, right? No, no. He, <laughs> bailed, me he bailed me out of life's jail. Um, <laughs> when I first moved out here, you know, you guys were talking about the cool kids. Uh, when I first moved out here, I met Ben. We both went to a 12-step meeting that was very popular in the greater Los Angeles area. Now, very, very popular. Were, very, very popular. Now, popular. neither of us were cool enough to have people save us seats. So we would go. So well, actually, I was cool enough to have people come. Right. But, we, <laughs> then, then was, but nobody saved them a seat on that day. Right. And we went to upstairs at Cedar sinai Medical Center, which was where the meeting was, to this overflow meeting, which we sort of helped start. Yeah, we, and, we, 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 we didn't sort of help start it, my dear young friend. Uh, we started it. We just went into an empty room and uh, bogarted our asses down there at a table, and uh, there we were. And uh, we started, and it turned out to be much better than the main meeting. And we had a lot of fun. And uh, I, uh, I think that meeting is still going on, except for the fact that the Bolshevists who run the state of California have uh, closed down everything uh, that uh, was helpful in life uh, in terms of 12 step meetings. So uh, I, I hope that someday. When uh, the, those meetings open up again, if the powers that be choose to let us have our way, uh, we can do it again. But, but yes, I met I met him because we were both fleeing the oppression of the uh, new masters. Meet the new boss, same as the old boss, as a famous song says. And and but Remzo, then the then he then what happened was he said to me, "Where do you normally go to these twelve step meetings?" And I had just moved out to L.A. so. I was going to these meetings at a club. There were meetings at, at, at a club at noon. So I would, I would go to the, we would go to this meeting every day at noon called the Key Club, and, which was a very, very famous L.A. club. Um, and we would, <laughs> it was the two of us and, you know, and, and the greatest rock band in the world, um, you know, combined or separately. And... Uh, it was quite the experience of uh, going to this thing every day. And uh, that's where the journey started. And it's been a great time. We had a great time right away because we were the underdogs. Uh, <laughs> the other people were the usual Hollywood leftists and uh, liberal, so-called liberals. And we were uh, conservatives. And uh, we were uh, happily uh, joining hands and marching down the road of happy destiny. And Ben, and just you know, Remzo, Ben had actually written a brilliant piece about it, about finding God in Los Angeles, in Hollywood at noon um, in a club. <laughs> right. And, I forget uh, who I, did I write it for the Wall Street Journal? I forget who I wrote it for. Anyway, so anyway, we had a great time from day one because we believe in God. We believe in America. I personally believe that America is like my wife. God's manifestation of godliness on earth. And uh, I was very, very glad to meet somebody who believed in God and believed in God sometimes manifests himself in the person of groups and entities, uh, maybe not churches or cathedrals, but uh, small, sometimes small groups where people turn to God to help them with their problems and their concerns and struggles. I, I mean, I'm, I'm going to give it to you straight as I'm thinking of it right now. Uh, this recession, catastrophic depression, as far as I'm concerned, has affected me financially very, very much and very negatively. And uh, I'm in a state of terror about it all the time. And having this program to be able to go to is a miracle. And uh, 
having being able to share about it with other people who are in concern about money is is a miracle. And I mean, you bring up something which is so important. It's that you know we we take so many things for granted. I uh, I got lunch with a friend the other day, and we were in this empty bar on a Sunday afternoon, and you know uh, there was a football game on TV, and I'm not much of a sports fan, but I'm watching this game, and it just felt different. You know, getting to actually watch something that was live on TV, and you yeah. know the the people that are the waiters and stuff—they're like my neighbors and stuff. They're you know they've been there for years, and you know I finally got to meet up with a friend I haven't seen in a while. It's just those moments of community and that moment of togetherness, which I feel for so many people has just been ripped from them. And very I can only well, imagine very how well put, very well put, very well put. Very I mean, well I mean, I can only imagine what's like for folks who are just like starting, uh, you know, an Alcoholics Anonymous or a twelve or a twelve step program. What it's like when that gets just taken from you? Yeah, ripped from your guts. And I will tell you that when I first moved to LA, I was a popular, popular guy. I was sort of famous already. And what was it before, or after Ferris Bueller's Day Off? Oh, way before. I mean, I was had done a speechwriter for Mr. Nixon. I had been a columnist. I had a column, my own column in the Wall Street Journal before I was 30 years old. And I was a famous guy, and I had friends who were powerful and important guys and gals. So, but I was lonely. I was lonely as hell. And uh, I'd had some very bad experiences with women. Uh, and uh, and, I, and I, I was lonely. I was lonely for some solid citizen companion, companionship. And I found some in... Uh, uh, 12-step program, and also I found some of my dear friend Judah Friedman is standing a few feet away from me right now, and uh, these, the, the, the fellowship I found at the 12-step meetings was a miracle in my life. It just absolutely opened my eyes to a bigger world, a bigger, better world in a big, big, big way. Ramza, you bring up a great point because it's something I think about a lot because they do have Zoom 12, but it's just not the same. But does that, uh, yeah, I mean, I was about to ask, like that, that, that can't take, that cannot substitute for what it's like to actually be in the same physical space as somebody. You're not kidding. Really no, it's, it's not. And if you, if you look at the statistics right now, especially they have them really in the UK, how heavily the drinking, the, the, the binge drinking has been going on there uh, more than usual. And it is, it's a, it's a definite worry um, that people have. I mean, it's a, it's a scary time to have, uh, you know, addictions and not be able to go to a place where you can uh, deal with them. Well, it's a scary time to be alone. I mean, yes. <clears throat> this right now in my life, and I'm way, 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 way older than you or Judah. I'm going to be 76 in just a few days. And I will tell you, these are the loneliest days I have basically ever faced in my life. I am married. I'm married to a saintly, wonderful woman, but she is an invalid and uh, she can't really do that much outside or, or even inside, actually. But uh, uh, I, and I'm, I'm, I have a lot of houses, but I can't afford them at all anymore. And just a matter of time till I have to uh, sell them or seed them back to the bank. Uh, and it's scary as hell. Very, very scary. And if this had been uh, 20 years ago or 30 years ago, I could just send in my resume, get a job, and like a staff of a finger at the public relations firm. They say, oh, my God. Speechwriter for the president of the United States. Of course we want to hire him to be a speechwriter for the XYZ oil company uh, or the ABC Steel Refining Company. I are fine, but now no, not so. I mean, a, I'm lonely, and b, I'm worried about money all of the damn time. Now I shouldn't be. I I do have some savings, but uh, I am terrified, and there's a bad way to feel. Terrified is not a good way to feel. It, it, it's uh, in, in a strange way, Ben. Like it's it's one of these things that is is different for each person because often for a lot of just regular working class people they see you know celebrities and people who have been in the public eye for so long and they tend to forget that they're also people and that they also have things that worry them and they also have their own challenges so i think you being honest about this right now for for many of my listeners in a way also just kind of lets them know that they're not alone in these fears 
I mean, You're I think not alone the, at all. No. And the Ramzo, back- Ramzo, can I can I jump um, in for a second? I want to tell you what a morning call is between Ben and I. At what time? About eight thirty. At, at about eight thirty or nine, we speak to each other on the phone. We share our fears, which are pretty much similar. We we fear our we we share our uh, other issues, which are very similar. So at least we have that. But a lot of people at this time don't even have that. They, you know, they a lot of people don't you know you know have the ability to say, "I'm going through. I'm struggling, and I need help." And um, you know, it's, it's very difficult times and I'm very grateful I have been, and I'm sure the feeling, I hope the feeling is likewise of, um, of, of not being alone. And, you know, it's, you know, we go on car rides often for seven hours, uh, to the desert and back where we get to share these, where we get to, we're not just discussing that obviously, but, you know, I encourage anybody that's, uh, you know, going through it to just pick up the phone. That's the hardest thing. The three I heard one time the three hardest the th- the three words that are hardest for people to say are I need help. I could I can totally understand that. Very good. I need help. That's very good. That's very good. Very good. I need help, and also I'm lonely, and also I'm scared. I mean, I'm scared to death. Now this is I want to emphasize <clears throat> this is largely insanity. Uh, I own my wife and I own nine dwellings. Houses, condos, one co-op, and it's very unlikely that we would become homeless. But I do feel as if whenever I pass by a homeless encampment, I feel as if I'm going to wind up there, and it scares me to death. And and I hate the fact that we've gotten into this situation in this country, and it, it makes me just sick that we cannot make sure that each person in America has a home. It doesn't have to be a fancy home. It doesn't have to be a New England colonial home. Doesn't have to be a California type home, a huge uh, living room and a dining room, but that's the home that the homeowner can call his own home, where he's home. But he's he, he, home has a very special meaning. It's beyond, way beyond bricks and mortar. It's a feeling. It's a feeling, a very powerful feeling. For home, fortress, fort, very important. Ben, I, I am just curious though. You, you've been in California this entire time, and not what, the entire time. No, not the I, I, not the entire time. Most of the time. Well, why have why, why don't you leave? I mean, I'm pretty sure that there are new lockdowns coming down, and didn't uh, Governor Newsom go ahead and say you couldn't have more more than like ten people over for Thanksgiving or something like that? Well, I. It's a very good question, but where would I go? I mean, I, the only other place that I could I could think of two other places to go. We have a, a very, very, very beautiful home in Sandpoint, Idaho, which is an incredibly wonderful town in the north end of uh, Lake Ponderay, a beautiful lake in northern Idaho. Uh, and it's wonderful there. And we have many friends there, but it's too cold there in the winter. It's really, really cold. Second, we have a very beautiful home already still in Washington, D.C. It's uh, really beautiful. Uh, We could probably buy another one like it. Uh, It also would be too small for two people. This Uh, is separate than the Watergate, right? No, this is the Watergate. This is the Watergate. I I have to say that this is is just so funny because one of the things I love about uh, being part of the panel on The World According to Ben Stein is just getting to learn so much about you during your time in the Nixon administration. And to to still have a – yeah, and to still have a a place at the Watergate Hotel, I mean, what what prompted that? No, 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 it's not a hotel. The Watergate – Oh, right, the the Watergate. Right. They're they're not condominiums. They're called co-ops. Right, a different right. form of ownership. Co-op. I actually own shares in the building, and it's not the same as a co-op, a condo rather, where you actually own the bricks and mortar. I own several. Uh, I own uh, condos somewhere else. Oh yeah, in, in West Hollywood, I own some condos that I used to use for offices to write uh, screenplays. But uh, that business is pretty dead now. Wow, I, I've got I've got fun. I have a great life. I just can't afford it. <laughs> I have an unbelievably great life. I just can't afford it. I uh, I have the best life of anyone in the world. I just can't afford it. I've got a I've got a story about passing by uh, the Watergate in in DC. I, I had a I, don't, I, don't, I think I talk about too much sometimes. Well, I always say I want to hear it. I want to hear it. So I had a I had a job at one point where I had to sell makeup 
in these small bags to different businesses. You see, you couldn't go around to homes in and outside of uh, Washington, D.C., but you can go into businesses and you could solicit them. And there's this gas station, uh, you know, near, uh, you know, outside of Georgetown. I think it says you're walking towards the Watergate. And I just remember uh, I was I was starving. I had been up since like 5 a.m. I hadn't sold a single bag of makeup and money was kind of tight. So I remember passing this gas station. I go ahead and I look and I see all the all the condominiums across from the main Watergate. And then you could see the Watergate Hotel. And I just remember there's this giant rat. It was probably like the size of a dog. I think I must have thought it was a dog. And it, you know, I, I could tell that something was wrong with it because as I got closer to it, I realized it was a giant rat and it was dragging a cheeseburger still in the oh wrapper. Oh, God. Ugh, what a horrible <laughs> But you see, moments like that, they, they, they show growth because obviously I'm at a different place in my life. But, you know, I, I look at those moments and it just makes me kind of thankful for, for where I am now. And I, I'm, I'm just curious. I mean, you, you've done so much, so many things that so many people, you know, have only ma- barely dreamed about. Um, as you go in, as you go into Thanksgiving this year, you know, obviously, as you mentioned, that you're going through a lot of personal struggles. But what are the things that you stay thankful for? Number one, my wife. I'm married to an absolute living, breathing goddess, an actual saint, a living, breathing goddess, the best person I've ever met in my life, the most morally decent person I've ever met in my life, an actual superhuman person in terms of kindness, love, forgiveness. Uh, she doesn't have a mean bone in her body. She's an absolutely wonderful human being. Uh, so that's uh, number one I'm thankful for. I'm thankful for being an American. I am incredibly thankful for being an American. To be an American, I am a Jew. My Jewish ancestors, I don't, I don't know how they were treated in Eastern Europe. There's some, some are from Germany, but most are from Eastern Europe. They were treated like shit, I would imagine, just treated awful, awfully bad. And uh, they were treated terribly. And when they came here to America, they lived very modest lives. Uh, My grandfather on my father's side was an automobile assembly line worker, very skillful at it, and did not earn a bad living for a manual laborer, not bad at all. My grandfather on my mother's side died very suddenly and unexpectedly of a heart attack when my mother was still only 11 or 12 years old. They led very, very modest lives. They were not rich people. How did they get along? I can't even imagine. I mean, how do people get along when they have to worry about money every day? And then I think to myself, well, I worry about money every day, constantly, constantly. Just talking about it with you now is making me terrified. It scares me to death. It really, really scares me a lot, a lot, a really, really lot. And I, and, uh, uh, that so, uh, but I'm thankful to be an American. I'm really, really thankful to be an American. I'm thankful to live in California, no matter what the media says about how awful California is. It's still great. It's a wonderful place in terms of being having a friendly, nice people, a wonderful place in terms of having the best climate in the world. Uh, I love California and I love LA generally. I'm very, very thankful that we have a constitution. I believe that uh, if the Democrats take office, which I hope and pray they don't, but I believe that they, they, they probably will, uh, they will trample all over the Constitution, and that scares me to death. Uh, I'm, I'm very scared of lots of things about America now. I'm scared that America will not stand up to the Islamic terrorists. I'm scared that we will be pushed around by Islamic terrorists. But I am happy that if they push us around, they're going to also be trying to push the... Uh, the uh, what do you call it? What do you call the, the, the UN around and trying to push around the Russians? The Russians are not going to put up with it, and uh, so somebody will stand up to them finally. And I'm I'm happy about that. I have lots of things to be grateful for, but my wife being an American, uh, being part of a community of free of free people, that's a great. Those are great, great things. And Ramza, you know, you raised a good question, right? Because a lot of people ask this: Why don't you leave? Right. So, Jude, you know, I'm pretty sure I ask you that on like a regular basis. So, 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 but here's the thing: <laughs> here's the thing. When you Ben's been here over 40 years, I've been here oh, oh, close to 18 years. This is home, and it's not like my other home, which is my original home, New York, is any better. So, if you want to live in a major metro in a major metropolis, you, 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 you're. you're 
sort of screwed. You you don't have many options. You know, you live in right. Well, we have a home in Sandpoint, Idaho. Other than if you, well, I, I right, I don't have a home in Sandpoint. But if you live, <laughs> you live in you live in Virginia, you know, we, most of us that live in these places, you know, we still have a belief that it could turn around. I mean, California wasn't always blue. Or, I mean, or whatever it was. It was a conservative, it was a far more conservative state than it is now. And it was a conservative, Ronald Reagan, remember? I mean, it, it, it wasn't that long ago. So we do hold out hope that there can be change. So well, we hold out hope more than, it's, it isn't just whether it's blue or red. I, I mean, I think everyone in California is pretty much getting the idea that uh, Governor Newsom has something wrong with him. But uh, so, uh, how long he's going to be in that office is, uh, to me, very, very much of an open question. But it's a great place. It's the climate is almost always good. You can walk up and down the street almost any day of the year and have uh, and see beautiful flowers and uh, birds' nests and, and very, very interesting birds. And uh, you're you're in a, you're in a not bad place at all. You're in a beautiful place. One of the things that you often see on the news right now is uh, you've got people talking about Thanksgiving survival plans. Like, what do you do when your liberal cousins come over? And what do you do if you don't want to spend time uh, with your family because they voted a different way? It's something that I never really saw growing up, but it's become more of a recent issue. And I, I think we often forget that with Thanksgiving, the purpose is to put away the things that we can't control and be thankful for the things that we can control regardless as to our differences and our challenges. And it bothers me because, you know, going back into the summer, uh, 4th of July became a highly politicized holiday. It seemed like, you know, at least we all used to pretend that there was one day or two days a year where we were all neighbors and we were all citizens and we we could all put away the po- political stuff to be thankful for things. But my, my biggest worry is like, you know, the, the erosion of the meaning of Thanksgiving, with all due respect, that was eroded a long time ago, I think. Ooh. But in our little household, which consists solely of my wife and me and Judah, and we have a, a lot of people for work for work for us. We have two housekeepers, and we have, but they usually do not work on Thanksgiving. And we, my wife has nurses because she is somewhat of an invalid. God bless her soul. Um, we in in our household, the flames of patriotism burn very bright very 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 bright indeed we are literally and i mean literally on our knees with gratitude for this great country wifey and i watch documentaries about world war ii almost every night not every night but almost every night and we are on our hands and knees wifey's father was a career military officer my father's father was a long time, I don't think it was his full time career, but a long time naval officer and was uh, a, a very unusual thing for a Jew in that day and age. And uh, my father was in the Navy during World War II. And uh, we have lots of military, American military history. And it isn't, it isn't that hard to believe at all, not at all in the slightest bit. We, we don't, we don't, uh, Play around. We, we mean it. Today I went to a gas station to just, of course, obviously to buy gas. And uh, <laughs> some guy that came over to me and was sort of uh, making fun of me. I don't know quite why, but I said, "What what are you doing?" I, I said, "It's a great day. It's, we're here in the United States of America." And he just gave me a look as if to say, "What are you crazy?" And I thought, "I'm not crazy. All a man's life, all the lifetime of mankind on the planet, we have been searching for a place like America." Freedom, prosperity, security, safety under the law. We've all. This is what mankind has been wanting all throughout the history of the earth and throughout the history of humankind. Now we've got it. Please, let's not throw it away. Please, Mr. Biden and your friends, don't throw it away. Mr. Biden, wake the hell up. Something big is happening. Please wake up and do your best. I know you can do better than you're doing now. You can do better. And Remzo, you also forget the I mean, not you forget, just to remind you. you I forget a lot of things, enlightened. Well, well, we're sort of inoculated, if that's the right word, because, you know, we're in an inner circle of people that, you know, why why gather with people that. um, But I understand what you're saying with families. 
But, you know, growing up, I grew up an observant Jew. And for 25 hours, you know, you didn't watch TV, you didn't turn on your phone, you didn't do anything. And I wish people, you know, could go to a Thanksgiving, put down their phones, turn on whatever bad game is going on, and just be in the moment. And that's like the best tip or suggestion I could give to people. It's sort of like with parlor, right? You know, you, you could go crazy and you know this more better than anybody staying on something for 20 for 24 hours a day. I haven't I've I've actually got something to announce. I uh I have to stay on all the other social media platforms to do my job, but today we're recording this on the Friday before Thanksgiving. I actually deleted every social media app on my phone except Parler. I mean, it got to it got to the point where I would go there, and I just know that when I log on, I'm not going to be happy. I could be in a great mood, and I can log on any of the other social media platforms, and as soon as I'm done, I'm going to be in a worse mood. Right. So, for the record, Ben posts all his own posts. He writes all that. He curates his all his own content, and you know, at a certain point in the day, like last night, at about eight o'clock when or seven o'clock, Ben, when I called you about Gavin Newsom, Ben went on a whole spree of you know anti Newsom rants and and he was like you know we were debating when to post them and 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 I have this rule that is one of the few suggestions I've given to Ben and uh it's if, if it's after 10 o'clock at night and it sounds like a good idea don't do it that's my parlor rule or my social <laughs> media rule for after five o'clock because, you know, it, it, after five o'clock at night, six o'clock at night, you know, especially Eastern time, you know, nothing good is going to is going to come. There's no. always tomorrow. Social media. Social media is a lot like a casino. It never closes. You know, so you you have to really learn. It, it, I, I have this theory or this thought because you're you're obviously younger than I am. Ben's a little bit older than I am. A lot. Um, no, a lot. <laughs> but but, but I, I'm being kind. But this came on us way too quickly, right? We, the, you know, you brought up meetings. When I got sober 22 years ago, there I didn't have a cell phone. I didn't have. I wasn't able to tweet or message people during our parlay during a meeting, right? So I was able to focus on that meeting, you know, and. We people have lost the ability to, to shut down for a little bit. It's okay to turn your phone off for a couple hours. It's okay to, to you know to go to Thanksgiving and just be in the moment, which people have really lost because, in my opinion, it's it, we become so inundated with technology too quickly that I don't think people learn to adapt to it correctly. But that's just my humble opinion. Well, shut if I may down. say so. We're gonna. We, you don't have to be silent. We're gonna just spend an awful lot of time being thankful. I mean, wifey and I spend just an awful lot of time making lists of things we're thankful for. And I sometimes I just go to my computer and just make a list of things I'm thankful for. And I send those. By the way, I'm also on the American Spectator, which is an incredibly, unbelievably great site. I'm on this site with my dear friend who may have puts the site up for me. Judah Friedman, and I believe it's called Parlor. But anyway, I'm on this site with uh, with my very, very dear friend, whose name I won't say, but it's uh, at B-E-N-S-T-E-I-N-B and S capitalized, 1944, which is the year I was born. And uh, that's on Twitter. And uh, I have things to explain about gratitude all the time. I, I can start making a list of things I'm grateful for and never effing stop. I'm in my room. I have a study. Judah's been in it thousands of times. I don't know, Remzo, whether you've, you've ever seen pictures of it. It's an unbelievably beautiful room. A person, a person just like me doesn't deserve to have a room like this. And I can just sit here making a list of all the things I have here. I have an incredibly great collection of Civil War memorabilia. Probably uh, some guy uh, with our gal who is a progressive would think that I was a traitor of some kind because I have all this Civil War memorabilia. But I'm not. I'm, and I just... I've just I have so many things to be grateful for. There's no end to it. I don't have to turn off the media. I can if I want. I'm just so grateful for so many things in my life. I'm right now. I wish you could see this. I am eating a plate full of stuffing, like Thanksgiving stuffing. 
Just the fact that I can have that at any time I want. It's incredible. Mankind went hungry for most of his existence. I can have all the stuffing I want anytime I want. There, there was a there. There's a scene in your movie Expelled, and I think I, I told this to you on an episode of your show. I saw your I saw your uh, documentary when I was at Liberty University in one of my classes. We and love there, Liberty. We love Liberty. Great place. Yeah, and, there, and there's a scene in the film where you're just talking about. Uh, you're, I think you were interviewing Richard Dawkins and a few other folks. But you know, one thing you bring up is that a lot of these people who don't have God in their life or are living a very atheistic life, there, there seems to be something different about them. They're they're very nihilistic. They don't have a good view of the future, and it's it's one of those things that you know. Sad I, I can't, for them. Sad for them. Yeah, it's one of those things I have to constantly keep in check for myself because if I'm not focused on my faith, I drift away from that, and then that's when that that nihilism and things come into play. Uh, when, when you look at you know the younger generation, especially the the viewers of the world according to Ben Stein and stuff, are you optimistic about the future of the country? Or not is at this all. <laughs> I'm not optimistic, about, not optimistic about it at all. But I'm about to tell you what: one person at a time. One family at a time. I'm working on it. I have a son. My wife and I have a son. He's a very, very sweet boy. We love him a lot. Uh, uh, we're, got, we're we're teaching him to be grateful. He uh, he, and we we we're going to succeed with him. I think we'll succeed with his daughter, which is our, our granddaughter. And uh, we're working on everybody else we know. I have a very close friend uh, whose mother was in prison in Auschwitz for five years and survived. Uh, and she has a daughter, and the daughter is very, very left-wing and anti-American. Really, 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 really not, not, not has not thought through her life the way she should. And uh, we can really work on her trying to make her adapt to so the reality. The, re- the reality of our lives as Americans is that it's great. It's absolutely effing great. Please, 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 young people, study a little bit of history. Follow Ben Stein on on on. Anything like a parlor or on the American Spectator, on Twitter, or anything, I'll show you how great life in America is. It's unbelievably great. Come with me. Just spend one day following me around the Beverly Hills Hotel. Spend one day with me. Just follow me around Beverly Hills, being grateful for everything I see, every grain of sand, every cloud that drifts by. Everything is grateful. I'm grateful for everything is God's gift. It's all God's gift, and it's a magnificent gift. Hey, Ramza, just to bring back to, you know, you, you know, I was reading this piece the other day by, uh, or an article or whatever by Todd, by Todd Phillips, right, who um, wrote uh, Old School, and which is one of my favorite movies, right? And, they, and last year he You're wrote- You're my boy, Blue! You're my boy, Blue. Yeah, that was, that, that was my ringtone for like a full year. This is one of it's 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 you know Ben. I don't think has seen it, but but both Ben and I consider Planes, Trains, and Automobiles to be a a, a true masterpiece. Oh, amazing film. And I and I look at old school as I rewatched it, and I sort of looked at it as a very similar masterpiece. And uh, you know they and everybody was surprised that Todd Phillips wrote um, the Joker. I mean, it would have been much more apropos for Todd Field to have written it. And he said, he's, and they asked him why. He said, because I can't write comedy anymore because I'm going to have 30 million idiots on Twitter, you know, call, you know, it's just blasting me. So he, and, and, and if, if, when you think about it, we're a country of 330 million and we're, we're being, we're allowing ourselves to be dominated by, by a bunch of, you know, a, a, a minority. You know, and I happen to believe that the majority are good, that there's hope in the majority. It's just sad that so many listen to this loud, vicious minority. I will tell you, I beg of you, if you can, find Sandpoint, Idaho. Go visit there. Spend a few days there. (laughs) See what life in America, small town America is like. It's great. It's absolutely great. Small town America is great. It's a wonderful place. It's America. My friend Jane Heyman says, Sandpoint, Idaho is the America we pledge allegiance to when we pledge allegiance to the flag. And that's absolutely true. Sandpoint, Idaho is the America that we, we are talking about when we sing God Bless America. 
Uh, you know, Ben, Judah brought up a good point. It's it's about Todd Phillips, the director, not knowing if he could make the movies that he used to make today. Um, you know, on, on Thanksgiving at, at the Martinez house, my, my father and I have a tradition. We watch a Rocky movie and then we usually watch, uh, you know, one of the um, uh, uh, Christmas vacation films or something like that. John Vegas. Yeah, I mean, we John Hughes has to be part of Thanksgiving. It's either... Um, you know, uh, the the first vacation film, or it's one of the others, but it's usually that plus a Rocky movie. Do you think any of those old John Hughes films could be made today? I don't know if any of them could be made today, but uh, I would I would happily make them. I mean, I would make Gone with the Wind, and I, mean, I don't think Gone with the Wind could be made today. Oh, I no. would make Gone with the Wind. We, you're, you're, Judah is absolutely right. This country of, I think, between 330 and 340 million people is being censored by a tiny minority of loudmouth, uh, nutty people who uh, just uh, will shut it down. I have known people who had columns online shut down by one complaining person. One, one complaining person. That's it. One complaining person. That's crazy. That's insanity. That's just rank insanity. But Remzo, you do raise a great point, and here's the thing. I don't know if John Hughes – well, no, John Hughes plays today because John Hughes movies still play today. You know, it, you well, know, put. well put, you know, well put. You know, well put. Uh, you know and I, I – you know, I, obviously I, with Ben being in, in Bueller and a little part in Planes, Trains, and Automobiles – you know, he had, they did a, a, a you, if everybody out there should watch it, it was called, it was done by Josh Gad. It was called um, uh, Ferris Reunited, where they had. Um, we did that. We did that. Yeah, no, that's what I'm talking about. And they reunited the cast. And Ben was there and Alan Ruck and Matthew Broderick were there. And um, it was, it was very special for me that I got to be in the room and, you know, I got a homie credit at the end for helping out. But um <laughs> One of the things that was really interesting was, first of all, Alan Ruck, who played um, Cameron, uh, was in just in awe of Ben. And he was quoting um, Ben's, uh, what do you call it, of, of movies like Ferris, where, you know, in a sense, there was a real spirituality in John Hughes movies. No I mean, doubt about it. John Hughes, yeah. John Hughes believed in God and yeah. John Hughes believed in America. John Hughes really seriously believed in America. I knew John Hughes quite well. In fact, if I may say this, I was the only actor in his movies that was invited to his funeral. The only one. Yeah, other actors were there, but not actors from his movies. I, uh, I think if you watch those movies, you get a view of America that is so rare nowadays and yet so much needed and so beautiful. It's almost like reading Mark Twain. You couldn't make Mark Twain today, but if you could, and you could read what's going on instead of what lies would be told about it. On the front page of the style section of the New York Times, you'd really, really, really get a Twitter. And I think what's, what's missing in, you know, it, it, it is, it, you know, John Hughes, and you, when you watch the vacation movies and you when you watch, you know, any of them, it was, it was, it cynicism, if cynicism wasn't the, uh, what it wasn't, it, he, he wasn't cynical. He was hopeful. And I, he was hopeful and he, and he, he, he was hopeful and he was enthusiastic and he, he, he was, he was a mensch, as we Jews would say, he was a mensch <laughs> in America. He was a mensch. You know, so, so I, so the, I do have, you know, the, 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 always remember you're, you're one person, you're one vision away from turning things around. You know, I if somebody would be more. We, we are we're working on all of right. the effing time. If somebody, but if somebody would have told you in the 70s there would be a John Hughes, you would have thought they were crazy. If somebody yeah. told me there would be a John Hughes and he would be the most successful director and producer of youth, and writer of youth comedies there had ever been, I, and that he would include me in his family, I would have thought you're dreaming. But I loved it. I loved it, loved it, loved it. And through him, I got invited to be in another family, which was a family that made the Wonder Years, which was another great, great, great family, happy, cheerful, enthusiastic about being Americans. These were great people, too. 
I have seen miracles happen in Hollywood. I believe they can happen again. I don't think trends are irreversible, uh, as unless you're counting votes uh, in uh, Wisconsin and Minnesota. <laughs> but uh, otherwise, trends are not irreversible. We can get another trend going of, of loving America here in Hollywood. I, I, yeah, go ahead, Judah. I was just going to say, if we deny the cynicism, if we deny that, if we if we don't allow it, I should say, so it's like where you know the 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 Saint Francis prayer where it says where there is wrong may I bring the spirit of forgiveness, you know. So when you're at Thanksgiving and your people are decide to, it's okay to not engage, you know. It's okay to just say, listen, I love you. Let's just enjoy the day and not engage. We don't have to engage with everything. And I think that's that, that that's a huge thing that social media has brought upon us is this instant engaging. We don't. Everybody pause. has to have an opinion, right? We don't be a strong opinion. opinion. Yeah, we don't. Uh, very good point. Very good point. Very good point. You know, it's okay to just separate yourself from a situation. Go to the other room, watch the game, watch the movie, and not engage. There's just you're you're never going to convince somebody of something. So why go there? And that's I couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. Especially and 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 part of the problem is, and I, I want to quote uh, something. It was something Gutfeld said many years ago, or, or 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 a while ago, and he said, you know, so many people are new to politics, right? So 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 they're they, you know, it's sort of like when somebody becomes a, a born again or somebody is new in AA. They're they're raw and they're new and they're holding on. It's not ingrained in them yet. And that's where we are. So many people, politics to them is really new. And it's it's not inside them what their belief systems are. So all they're listening to is the echo chambers and screaming what they hear. If you believe in what you believe, it doesn't matter. It's okay what other people believe. You know, it doesn't mean it's right or it just it, it, just believe what you believe. You don't you're not going to convince anybody to become a Republican or a Democrat these days. You're just not. So why try? Why try? Just enjoy yourself, express yourself, but don't do it with a view towards getting any particular results. I found that to be different. And you know what I found is if I express myself in an enthusiastic but not condemnatory and not critical and not negative way, just express how I feel, I will get people drawn along in the slipstream of my thinking. And little by little, they will turn to me for uh, thoughts and advice about their lives and about life in America generally. That has happened in, in many, many, many of the people in my circle. Many. Yeah, yeah I mean, that that right there is, I think, the, the perfect thing. Because but before I, and you know, this show is really about my experience trying to really come into adulthood and encountering these these challenges. And the thing that I've had to learn is that I could lecture people, I could tell people what I think they should think. But ultimately, if I just try and live out my my own personal truth in my life, and I do to the best of my ability, you know, people might come on and they might learn something from me, or, you know, I might learn something from them as I often do. But Rams, I want to tell you an interesting thing. So about this is about 17 years ago. So I was two years older than you. So I was walking the dogs with Ben, Right. And he brought up to me that um, we were talking and um, he brought up to me that he donated to Al Franken's campaign. Right. And I and I, I was like shocked. Right. Because I'm a I was new in politics. I'm a Republican. Like, how dare how could you donate to Al Franken's campaign? And Ben taught me an extremely important and um, really good lesson. And I'll let Ben share it because, I mean, you know, Ben was, or Ben, it was just an, it was an incredible lesson that stayed with me to this day. Well, if I, well you're very kind, first of all. Second, I think the, the phrase I used was, life is not just political, it is also personal. And uh, uh, Al had been, Al Franken had been a very good friend to me. And uh, he and I totally disagreed about almost every area of politics, but he had been a good friend to me. And I was happy to reciprocate it in any way I could. And I still would be, uh, uh, but uh, I'm not sure uh, that, I, that I could be. I'm not sure what he's running for right now. But anyway, he's uh, 
yes, life is not just political. It is also personal. And, and I feel that way about the members of my family. I mean, uh, I have a very, very small family, and they're almost all pretty damn left wing. Uh, but I love them anyway because they are my family. So uh, there you are. And that, and I think uh, on the other hand, my wife's family, they're, all, they're almost all pretty conservative. I love them very much anyway, too. So uh, I, I do have, I will not love people who want to kill me. I don't think any of these people want anyone to kill me. I, I think this is the perfect place to wrap up. But Ben, I've got one. I've got one question, and this is what yes. I've been burning to ask you for a long time. Burn, was there burn, baby, burn. <laughs> was there any other John Hughes movie you wish you could have starred in? Well, I didn't star in that movie exactly. I just I had a, a memorable part. Uh, I would have liked to have been in the Breakfast Club. I think the Breakfast Club was a great <laughs> movie, and I would have loved to have been in it. And I would have loved to have been the teacher at trying to give them a little bit of a lesson in how great America is and how incredibly lucky they were to be in America, even though they were not in a particular spot in America where they wanted to be in on that morning. Uh, it was a great, 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 great place. Being in America, it was just great, great, great place to be. And I remember that very, very well, my own bad self. When, when I was in school, I, that I would be in a class and I'd be thinking, boy, I wish I were home. I lived in a very, very beautiful neighborhood, but I, and walking home was just like walking through a national park. But uh, I could have, uh, I, I just thought, I remember thinking to myself, I am so lucky to be here in this class, looking out the window at these trees. The luck of my upbringing was just phenomenal, just phenomenal. Well, Ben, I, I really appreciate you taking the time to come speak with me and my listeners. I think with this year, my I honor. mean, there, there are many things that have been a challenge. There are many people who have suffered in ways that I'll never understand. But the one thing that I hope everyone can take a moment to remember is that we have a lot to be thankful for. And we should never take any of those blessings or any day we get to live and breathe on this earth for granted, especially if we could do it amongst each other. God bless you, sir. And by the way, there is hope. You know, there always. is hope. Always. And, always. And, uh, and, and that's the most, that's the biggest Thanksgiving message is even as we're set to hit a curfew here in California, we have hope. Yeah, we have, hope. we have hope. We have hope. And we never give, and we never give up. Hope in man, not in, you know, not always in people, you know, and that's what we have to. That's very good. And trust in God. And trust in God. Absolutely. Uh, All right, God bless you, everybody. Have a nice rest of the day. Awesome. Real fast, Judah. Uh, yeah, ben, yeah. Everybody where you could find us. Yep. You could find us at the world according to Ben Stein on Parlor. You could find us there on YouTube. You could find us on iTunes, soon to be Stitcher, pretty much every downloadable app. You could download the podcast. Remzo joins us most of the time. Um, whenever he's available, we have Ben Boychuk from American Greatness at Lewis Fine. It's a fun show somebody said made a comment in the youtube section the other night it's like watching a hollywood <laughs> which i thought was the greatest comment. hollywood what a hollywood what a hollywood speakeasy oh, oh, very that's good, perfect very good. I, you I, can I, also you can also catch up with me on i know judah doesn't like this but judah doesn't have to always like everything at ben stein 1944 capital b capital s awesome well and, gentlemen uh, God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. And we offer hope. So, Remzo, thank you so much. Absolutely. Folks, thank you so much. Please go ahead and consider leaving a five-star rating and review on iTunes. It costs you nothing, but it means everything to me. And I'm going to let you go. Have have an amazing, have a restful, have a great Thanksgiving. You're listening to On the Run. God bless America. God God bless bless America. America. God bless America. Good night, folks. Good night. Check out our other shows and more from the We Are Libertarians Network at wearelibertarians.com.